Well, thank you so much for coming. I hope you are blessed to be here. Thank you so much. Let's um, give a very special welcome to our viewers who have also joined us today for this outstanding uh, Sunday morning session. Let's put our hands together for them. We love you so much. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. These people are so, so dear to me. I like it when I just have an idea that I have people joining us who are so hungry for the things of God. And I'm every time compelled to dish out what I have. Yes. Especially if you had to go by the hunger, yes. the zealousness, yes. the eagerness that the people have for the things of God. I will promise that I will give you what I have today. Peter said, such as we have, we give it unto you. Yes. You can only give what you, yeah. what you have. Pastors, again, uh, thank you so much for being here. We have a concentration of grace in this place. And I can guarantee every viewer that your, your case will not escape. And I feel like the right thing for us to do is to jump into um, the no weapon message that we started on last Sunday so that we can reach a certain climax that is expected of us by God. There are certain messages that you hear and you say, this cannot just be a message mm -hmm. and it cannot end like this. Yes. Yes. A conclusion has to be reached and lives are supposed to be settled yes. and judgment is supposed to be passed on. Yes. Chains are supposed to break yes. and burdens are supposed to be lifted. Yes. This is the kind of preaching that I believe God has given to us and we are here to hand over to God's people heavenly products. So, if you are ready to receive, I'm ready to minister. Yes. 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 I have enough encouragement in the house. <laughs> so, I'll I'm never going to blame you for whatever goes wrong. <laughs> but I will blame you for what goes right. Yes. Do you love the word of God? Yes. Oh. Father, we thank you. We appreciate you. And we honor you. For you are God and you are faithful. 
merciful God and gracious God. You sent forth your word and you healed them from all of their diseases. Your word is right here to bring us healing. And every aspect of our being, when it is touched by your word, it is healed by your word. Heal the spirits, heal the souls, and heal the bodies. In Jesus' name. Oh, we are all aware of the scripture that we dissected last time. Let's go there to the prophet and find out what he has for us again today in this part two of uh, defining warfare, warfare defined, so that we know how to fight. You must be aware of the direction of the arrow. Where is the arrow coming from? And who is behind the thrust? What is the force behind the bullet? Whatever comes to you, it touches you, it hurts you and you're bleeding. You must be able to investigate it as far as where it originated from. Who is behind your affliction? Because there is always a force. An arrow cannot just throw itself. There has to be a person who punches in the cord before the missile is shot. There's always a being behind an object that comes after you. Who is behind this problem? So it is so important that we study warfare and how do we engage? Where is this thing coming from? Who is against me? Who doesn't like me? So wake up in the morning every day knowing that someone out there is after you. You have to be aware of that. Be careful. Be careful. While you pray, you watch. You would think that going up and becoming successful is your mission on the earth. And that is very true. But someone's mission is to make sure that your mission doesn't come to pass. That is another man's occupation. Bringing you down. Coming up with ideas and devilish strategies. So that your energy and your momentum is sabotaged every time. Every time you want to go up, 
there is a person placed in your way to make sure that you go down. And how do we fight in such a situation? Gather like this. And we talk about it. Yes. Failures are supposed to be discussed. As much as success has to be discussed. We have to talk about warfare. Because we need to know how to fight. I don't want to keep on praying and fasting. And matters are not resolved. If prayer doesn't work, then let's find what works. So you should not always think that demons are behind every attack. In as much as it is, it seems like it's a strength maintaining um, such a suspicion. You will lose out, especially when it's no longer a demon behind the attack. When you're now dealing with a human life behind an attack, and more especially if you are that force behind the attack, and you did something that you're not even aware that you did. And then the repercussions are coming as a result of an act that you engaged in and you are not aware of the consequences. At some point, of course, you would find the involvement of a demon. But also there's a greater part that you play If you don't contribute that part, even after the demon might have contributed its part, you will not suffer the consequences of what the demons did until you bring in your own contribution to the table. If you find demons doing something against your life and then you don't join them, you don't make your contribution towards your own downfall, then you are empowered to fight against the agenda of that demon. Because you are not an accomplice. You did not participate in the strategy of bringing yourself down. So if you sense what demons are up to, and then you don't support that direction. You don't work according to the drive of the evil spirits. Because they'll wait until you also bring in your own contribution. We are going somewhere. We are going somewhere. This is the reason why most of the problems that we're trying to solve, we are really failing to solve them because they're supposed to be solved at a certain um, platform of knowledge and understanding that most people do not have. It has to be the power, not of prayer, but the power 
of the knowledge concerning that matter that you have. And you can deal with certain matters that even righteous people are failing to deal with. Prayerful people are failing to deal with. Even upright people are failing to deal with. Because you've accumulated so much knowledge to a point where your power becomes that knowledge. It is at that point that God says, the reason why my people are being destroyed, it is because they lack what? So there's a measure of knowledge that postpones destruction. A measure of understanding that provides protection. Where you victimize your, your situation. You overcome the strategy that the devil is trying to raise against you based on the quality of knowledge that you have acquired. The quality. Where demons look at you and they say, the man knows too much. We are not just trying to destroy a being here. We are now attempting to bring down an information institution. This is a library. Oh, be seated, be seated. Okay, what we want to find out so that when we are fighting, how do we attain the victory that Jesus has already gotten for us? He has it for us. But our, a journey that requires us to travel towards Jesus and have it from his hand so that the victory that he got on my behalf then become mine. Yes. I am behind the existence of the Smith. I created the Smith. That what? <laughs> Behold, I Isaiah, have, Isaiah 54, verse 16. Viewers, oh, let's get into the word. Ah, let's get into yeah. the word. Yes. And let's become the word. Yes. <laughs> and let the word become flesh. Yes. And let that flesh dwell yes. among us to them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What manner of a man is this? Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. What manner of a man is this? When the word has be, finally become flesh and it begins to dwell among them, mm -hmm. that man becomes a wonder. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Let's become products of the word. Mm -hmm. I created 
the smith that what that bloweth the coals in the fire mm. and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work and i have created the you waste. see when the smith is blowing the coals in the fire the blowing of the coals in the fire so that the coals keep on burning and they become even hotter there is need for the smith to know how to blow to make use of the spirit it's not just air You have to make sure that you keep the coals burning without you touching them. An aspect of your spirit that you release into the strategy and without them coming to you to increase the intensity of the problem they have to learn to blow a distance between the call and the smith a distance between the craft and the witch the distance between the disease you know like like these guys are doing they they have a way of controlling the disease that has since left the lab How do you keep on blowing it so that it keeps on burning? Do you have something else that you can send to them? Yeah. That keeps encouraging the problem. So that you keep having different variants. And variants are no longer coming from the same source. There's a way of blowing the cause. You touch the cause they burn you. Yeah. How do you keep yourself at a safer distance? You have to learn to blow. Yes. Something has to come out of you and that something has to be something that they can't see. Mm-hmm. They must never have an understanding of how the wind works. Be seated, please. Be seated. Be seated. The smith that I created and I blew into him knows how to blow into the cause. There is a transference of something from the smith that keeps the cause burning. Can you see that thing you can see the wind that comes out of his mouth But can you see the increase in the intensity of the heat yes Your problem is feeding on something What really is stopping your problem from dying because everything that you're trying to do reading the bible praying every night and every morning you are trying to suffocate the problem yet it keeps on burning 
There must be someone behind that problem doing what you're not doing to the problem, which is blowing, giving it enough supply so that the lifespan of that calamity is prolonged by the blowing of wind, air, spirit by the smith. And I told you this before, Jesus rising up from his bed, he went straight to the wind, mm-hmm. not the water in the boat. Why? Because the water is being blown mm-hmm. by what? By the wind. The wind. <laughs> so the invisible is driving the visible. The visible. And what we try to do now is to correct the visible. Mm -hmm. Because that's what we can detect, its movement. Mm -hmm. We wait until something that we can see begins to move. For us to know that there is a movement here. And yet the invisible is moving the visible. But then when you see the visible moving, be aware of the movement of the invisible. What really is driving the water into the boat? From your sleep, engage the best strategy. You go after the wind and not the wave. And the reason why the wind has decided to send the water into the boat because it is realized it doesn't carry the capacity to kill you. No matter how many times you keep on breathing the wind, the wind cannot kill you. So it outsources other forces because you can't breathe in water. Can you breathe underwater? You can't. So what does the wind that you can breathe do? It hires the water. So you now have something that is so friendly to you, but hiring a weapon against you. What do you do if it is your friend? Who has created the weapon? No weapon fashion that be seated, be seated, be seated. That is why I, I'm sure this is the reason why most problems are beyond our reach in terms of solving them. We are running out of ideas. Why? Because every idea that we are getting in trying to resolve a problem is at a visible level. We're trying to solve the visible. We're trying to correct situations at their visible state. It's important that you keep checking. Check every door, check every window. You make sure that your house is airtight. Because you don't know what is blowing on your son, on your daughter. You don't know the wind that is blowing on your wife. And you try to correct the situation at this wife level. 
and yet the situation is at the wind level. What propels her to say the things that she says? What helps her keep on forgetting the most important things that you keep telling her? That forgetfulness is external. Discover the wind behind the waves. What the disciples had tried to do was to make sure that water stops coming into the boat. Dealing with the problem at this point, and not dealing with the problem from its source. You see the cause burning. There is energy coming from behind it. I created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire. What does he do, the smith? Bloweth the coals in the fire. Yes. And that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. Think about this for a moment. This smith is not a smith based on having been born with an instrument. He wasn't born with an instrument for him to know that I'm a smith. He didn't have an instrument to use that suggested to him that you're a smith. Look at the instrument that you're born with. He didn't have an instrument for his work. What he had was knowledge on how to produce an instrument that becomes an instrument for his work. So at some point though he was born a smith, he didn't have equipment that would justify his career. I'm a smith. What do you have? I don't have anything to prove that I'm a smith. But what does he do? He goes on to create supporting structures so that his occupation is validated. He now has something that he can use to prove that he's a smith. But when a smith manages to create an instrument for his work, an instrument for his work, sometimes it's not that he's always creating an instrument that destroys. Sometimes he's creating an instrument that creates an instrument that destroys. Just like when you create a mold 
before you pour in something with inside of that mold. There was first the creation of the mold, the structure. And that mold, to a certain extent, might not be the actual weapon that will come after you. It's the creation of the instrument for his work. That is why these people who are firing missiles at others, there are things that will never leave the shrine. These are structures that are established and they are not mobile. And whatever is being launched goes out and whatever launches whatever is being launched, it remains. Those are established structures. Okay? A phone booster never comes to your phone. <laughs> All it does is to emit. It connects individuals from one established place. If you go there right now and you look up and you try to see if there are any communications happening, Stories are being told as you are watching, but you can't see them. Yet the structure is a physical structure that you can see and touch, but what it does is super natural. If you are told that this thing that you see, this spot is communicating something, you won't believe it. But with technology, you believe. <laughs> it means we have a problem, right? <laughs> People say, I'm not that superstitious. And they look at how technological things work. They are alternating in between the physical and the supernatural. Most of these technological inventions are at a spiritual level. Yeah. <laughs> it's supernatural, it's spiritual things being practiced physically by physical objects. Because they've discovered that there is a world in existence in between the physical and the spiritual. And that world can be given a technological name called technology. <laughs> you are pulling both worlds to formulate another world. The physical and the spiritual and what we have sometimes is technology. I'm trying. <laughs> oh, 
So one thing about the smith is that before he comes up with instruments for his work, the workmanship is within the smith. So it means every weapon, every knife that finally comes out of him had to be within him. The knowledge of creating the weapon was given to the smith. That's the first thing that he got, the knowledge. Before he began his practice, he knows how to do his work. I'm, 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 I'm hoping I'll be given clearance to utter certain things here. All this that I'm saying, I'm trying to find ways of getting there. He creates an instrument for his work. Uh -huh. And I have created the waster to destroy. Viewers, 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 please. How do you then coexist with mathematicians? No problem. With economists? No problem. But now we know there is another occupation that we are not aware of, the waster. People who specialize in wasting. They waste lives. They are good at wasting even time. They waste opportunities. They are wasters of beauty. They go for the best women available just to waste them. Some of these wasters are driving to colleges and universities to waste our daughters. It's an occupation. And girls are being wasted. So next time you sit next to, across the desk, and you have presented proof that you are learned, your CV has gone through it, and yet the man still demands that you provide and you present your body to him as a living sacrifice so that he can feast on your beauty. Mm. 
then you know that you have met a waster. He's not just a CEO, he's not a manager of any company. The man has been placed there by the devil to waste you. How do you escape that if you are undertrained? So of all the subjects that you did, there must be another subject called wisdom. How do you escape that? If everyone is saying, unless you sleep with me, you can't get the job. Isn't that a statement? Prophet, so does it mean that I'm never going to work? Simply because I'm beautiful? Maybe so. Start your own company. Start your own business. Probably that's a message from God. You're too big to handle. You're overqualified for that employment. There are places where you face resistance because you don't belong there. They say to Isaac, get away from us because you are mightier than we. We are uncomfortable. We are so confident with our strength, the little strength, the little knowledge that we have as long as you don't <laughs> keep on featuring. You make us feel like we are not doing ministry. We are at home with our weaknesses until you arrived. Go away, go away, go away. You lose your job. Most overqualified people, they try to be humble. They try to fit in. And yet the situation will keep chasing you away. Peter tried to fit in like he wasn't a disciple, as if he never met Jesus. <laughs> he underestimated that interactions that he had with the master. Wherever he went, they would quickly identify him, say, ah, ah, ah. you were with him. <laughs> you, 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 you. He, said, he said, no, 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 no. Something on him kept on betraying him to the people. So you will have a problem, especially if you are somebody who follows what I teach. Yeah. You will try to mingle and act humble. Yes. <laughs> so trying to fit in, something keeps on telling you that I, I don't belong here. And they are looking at you and wondering, okay, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Because you have been in contact with the highest quality of existence called Jesus. How do I overcome 
in a warfare. I want to defeat every enemy that comes against me. Sit under this information and let's find out what happens. Yes. Am I praying the right way? Am I reading the Bible the right way? Am I conducting myself at work, at home, the right way? How come the result is not right? Why is it that sometimes it seems like God is against his own people? You watch as the wicked rise to prominence. People faking it are making it. And what you have is the authentic thing, the original thing. And no one is coming for that. If every fake product is created for the fake consumer, original, authentic things are in short supply. Because by the time the original thing arrives, it finds you already wearing something else. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Keep on reading. The waster that destroys. Yes. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Mm-hmm. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So he's saying this. The Lord. This ceases to be Isaiah's opinion. You look at the conclusion how God signed this letter. This is the Lord saying this. When a tongue rises up against you in judgment, how do I behave in areas of judgment? What if what is happening to me is a judgment. When the captive is a lawful captive, the Bible declares, can the lawful captive be delivered?
when a man and a woman, a girl or a boy, is under an attack which is based on a certain judgment passed on. How do you set free such a one? I have to teach you this. Yes, yes, fine, yes. Because weapons, they come at that level of judgment. Because the one who's speaking, the tongue that speaks against you, is executing judgment. Follow what I'm saying. Follow what I'm saying. Because if really the devil doesn't want you to be free, he helps you miss what I'm saying. He will help you miss what I'm saying. Can I tell, can I tell you something before I say what I want to tell you? Oh, let, let, me, let me leave that one for another time. Let, let me come to this one. Let me come to this one. <laughs> when I say that you are ready, I'll come back to that. Hear this. Hear this. If you are down, defeated, downtrodden, if you are disenfranchised by reason of having received a judgment and this judgment was in a declaration form you were declared defeated declared unmarried Declared poor. Declared discouraged. And it is in judgment form. Deliverance from that judgment is different from deliverance from a demonic affliction. You don't cast out judgments like you cast out demons. Which answers why most demons seem to not want to go You can't bring them out because they are not in, in the first place. It's not given to you by God to bring out a demon that isn't there. 
<laughs> I'm talking about you, not not me. <laughs> Most of you people, what you're dealing with, the negative judgment, which manifests like a negative spirit. And what you are trying to remove and to cast out of yourself, out of your house, is a demon. And yet what you have is the presence of an uttered judgment. You don't know how to do warfare at that level of declarations that are judgmental. Sit down, let me, let me, let me, let me show you something. When you realize that something was said, how do you know what was said? By what keeps on happening. What keeps happening has to be translated into words said. That cycle of events, that perpetual occurrence of maybe it's a catastrophe, maybe it's a mistake that you keep on doing. Who, who, who spoke it into being? Who breathed it into me, the cause, so that I burn according to that blowing? Who is determining my heat and my temperature? Who keeps on blowing on this fire? It's coming from the tongue, from the mouth. If he stops blowing into the coals, the fire will go, soon go out. Yes. The first thing that you need to do now is to identify a man or a woman, and these people are present in every generation for your information. Lest you think, no one can set me free. These people are, are stationed at every point in your life. It's some, it's some place in your journey. People capable of ensuring that you are free. So you look for a man who has a kind of grace that is judicial in nature. Because your matter is a matter of judgment. How do I find such a man? How do I know when I finally get to him? This is how you know. I'm teaching you this in, 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 in stage form. Step by step. First thing that you do is to recognize that this matter on me is a matter of judgment. And you have to admit. 
Once you say, yes, this is a matter of judgment, it means it makes your situation a legal situation. So when that becomes <laughs> the fact that the, my matter is legal, then you know what institution to approach. It has to be the court. So you require a man well-versed in matters of legalities. How do I identify that man? That man you need to be very careful because you're not going to find him screaming sometimes and shouting at your demons. Because in most cases, judges don't behave like that. <laughs> whether, whether it is you're going to spend three months in prison or three years or 300 years, his voice remains the same. It's, it's not in the shouting. Yeah. It's, it's, the, the power he has is not in. It's, 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 it's not in the noise. How long you stay, it will not de depend on the vocal <laughs> cord. <or laughs> no. How long you stay behind bars? He says you will spend 50 years in prison. <laughs> the power is not in how he says it. The power is in who is saying it. All along, all along, you were lying to yourself, running around with your false doctrine, wanting to believe that only God is in power, God is in charge of everything. And... There you are. You stand before a man who doesn't seem to be God. And your fate is decided. Then you go to prison now realizing there are people given grace not in heaven, yes. on earth yes. to send you to hell. Yes. Don't care your doctrine, you believe it or not. Oh, yes. Commit a crime. Yes then you will appreciate the difference in men. Yes. That we are not the same. Yes. Sometimes you enjoy it when you are being religious and you are jumping up and down, saying things that you don't understand. <laughs> Sit down, please. Sit down. A man who is equipped in matters of judgment. When you meet such a man, sometimes be careful because it's not every time that he says, let's pray. Listen to his tone. How do you know this man is a judge? Sometimes there are no suggestions in his utterances he is not proposing the authority is a bit on the extreme 
he might not say to you, kneel down, let me pray for you. Because you need to know when that man finally arrives because it's how you behave in his presence. When he's about to walk in sometimes in the court of law, you hear a declaration, rise, and everyone stands up and he walks in until he sits down. You can't sit. Though you can look behind you and you can see the chair is there, but you don't, you don't sit there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing? You are respecting authority. Because that man is going to decide where that other man is going to end his life. It's a protocol in the presence of a man who has judgmental powers. He can sit there, listen to you for two hours, trying to convince the judge, him, the man, with that grace. Trying to convince him that a demon is responsible, demons are fighting you, demons this, demons this, demons this. At the end of that conversation, sometimes he doesn't pray for you. Watch out, sometimes he throws in a judgment. I'd even tell you, my brother, this is not a demon. I would love to look into the way that you do business. Leave that place without prayer from him, yet with judgment. It takes a higher level of discernment where you have to go through every single word that he said before you find out that judgment has been passed over my matter. He might simply ask you, so despite everything that you have told me, where is your mother? Oh, she's in the village. I think it's, it's good that you go there. Just say, I'm sorry. And you leave that place with no prayer, but with judgment. The matter has been judged. And you jump from one judge to the next judge to the next judge because you are not in favor of their declarations. What the judge sees is a consequence of an act done either by you or someone else and you are paying the price on behalf of 
a miscellaneous ancestor. <laughs> uh, when that thing happened, what triggered the problem is what he would have found out. The spirit behind the weapon. And he tells you not just how, but where to disarm it. And then you look at the mother, she's not born again, you say, I don't think she's that powerful to cause these problems. Because you, th you think being born again is what qualifies a mother to be a mother. <laughs> <laughs> Once she is considered a mother, it means your mother is a graduate in the area of titles and authority. It's a qualification on her certificate. She is qualified to be the source of havoc and chaos. After finishing producing you, she keeps on producing for you. You keep receiving from the mother that gave birth to you. She will continue giving birth. That is why after she birthed you, she started again giving birth to milk so that she would keep on feeding on that, on that delivery. You are surviving on what she keeps on giving birth to. After the milk, what she keeps on saying, you feed on that milk. Her utterances can alter your destiny. Can I teach you something? There? Yes. Because these are matters of judgment. How many people have prayed for you? You are not free until you meet a judge. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This man has to put the facts and evidence on the desk. And discern what brought this young man to this point of wretchedness. Something was done, and who did it? So, when we are praying for you, we are not really saying the answer is going to come from prayer. We are saying we are praying so that we qualify to have access into the secret files. So that we gather enough evidence yes. before we pass on judgment. Yes. That's the reason why we pray. When we say, let's pray about this issue. We're not saying prayer is going to resolve it. No. Prayer becomes the qualification. We now qualify to enter into the secret place. And retrieve information. Concerning the origin of this problem. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. 
Yes. Sit down. Why am I saying prayer qualifies you? I'm saying prayer qualifies you because every time you pray for someone, you notice that God will begin to share with you his information, his secrets. Every time, if you want to know matters concerning somebody, pray for him, pray for her. When God sees that burden on you, because, because you love the person and you want to pray for things that are relevant, God will bring relevant matters concerning that person to you. Because problems, they gravitate towards their solutions. You start seeing into his life based on you praying for him. I think I need to teach you something on that one. In how God structured it, he structured it in a way that sometimes if you really want to deal with your problem in prayer, you must find a person who has that exact problem. And you pray for him. I don't know how God designed that, but I've seen it. It works in mysterious ways. Because in the Bible, only when Job prayed for his friends, then he recovered. Who God restored was the one pray, not the friends. He had his own confusion and his friends became confused. It was when he prayed for their confusion that God dealt with his personal confusion. What is the Bible teaching us there? The fastest way for you to come out of your problem is for you to identify a person who is in that problem. That is why sometimes when money is your problem, you give the little that you have to somebody who has a money problem. And then God solves your financial problem. How does that work? I'm saying I need money and then he says give money. It's proven in scripture. So instead of praying for 11 hours against a problem that you have, what if you are to find somebody? That's how God wired it. Just so that someone prays for someone else. That is what is called intercession when it is not you who becomes the subject in that prayer session. But sometimes you feel like, I've been praying for these people for too long. How about my own problems? Who is praying for me? You are meant to be prayed for by somebody else. But in case some, no one else is praying for you, find someone that you pray for. It is your captivity that God turns around. So don't feel like you're wasting your time just trying to cover other people. It's not them. Their problem will not end based on you praying for them, really. It is your problem that will end. But it's, it's a sad thing, of course, when you realize that I'm just praying for him so that I get... But that's how it works. That should motivate you to pray for others. As if you have abandoned your own life. You will look back and what you will see is God working on your case. Whilst you are working on their case. 
It's, it's, it's a judicial way yeah. of um, uh, dealing with matters. Mm. Whilst I'm on that note, I'll come back to uh, <laughs> something more important. I can give you an example. Where Jesus says that in your prayer, this is what you say. Forgive our debt as we forgive our debtors. That word debt is the same as sin. So forgive our sins even as we forgive those that sin against us. Now, sit down, let me show you something. What he's saying is, you can approach that scripture from uh, two different directions. He's not just saying this is what you say in prayer. Oh God, forgive my sin as I forgive those that have sinned against me. That's in... Um, the simplest way of seeing it. The legal way of looking at it is this. He's saying, apart from you praying that prayer, you can actually practice the prayer and live the prayer to a point where you don't pray that prayer. Yeah. You only forgive and then you are forgiven. So you have spent two hours on of confessing your sins verbally. Why? Because you have been acting out forgiveness. You're saving us time, Father. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down, let me show you this. These are, this is a court session for your own information. Thank you. What we are it's not just a service. Yes. This is court in progress. Yes. Yes. Whilst others are telling God, please forgive me because I've forgiven somebody. You go ahead and you make it. So your prayer becomes a life where you might not even need to ask for forgiveness. So you are saying to God, while it's time forgiving, you get busy forgiving me. So I'm not being forgiven based on my confession of sin but I'm being forgiven based on my act of forgiveness. So it's as if you're saying to God, look at what I'm doing and learn from me. It is that stubborn. So all I do is to move around, find people who have sinned against me. What do I do? I forgive them. With me in mind, of course. 
So their forgiveness eventually become my what? My forgiveness. Without me having to say it. It's a prayer that you live and not have to pray. It's a prayer being acted out before prayer. So that you won't have to pray. That kind of prayer. When you grow to that level of understanding, that understanding becomes the grace that you have. You see things from a, a perspective that makes other people uncomfortable. Your authority in the things of God become unbearable to most, especially religious guys. They will jump on you and say, you don't do that. Give glory to God. <laughs> it matters to me what Jesus says than what people say. Unless if it is Jesus saying it through people. I have a way of finding out it's not them. People don't speak like that. It's God speaking through them. They were sent to go and arrest Jesus and they come back and they say, no man speaks like that. <laughs> I love Jesus. Hey! My God, all of them, they came back with the same conclusion. You sent us to arrest a man, but this one now, the way he speaks, he's not a, no. <laughs> men don't speak like that. Do you think it was grammar they were afraid of? No. It is what accompanies simple utterances. The spirit behind words became the force and they got arrested. He arrested the people that had come to arrest him by that authority. Every piece of information that comes out of his mouth is judgmental power. He can set you free by his word. He can bind you by his word. This word that I speak will condemn you. Mm. You are judged by God's word. Yes. Sentenced by God's word. Yes. Mm. You know, when God speaks to you, unlike ju the judges that we have seen, when they finally judged you, you have to be dragged into a place called prison. Mm. And that place is away from the judge. That place is away from the court. But unlike when it is God speaking, when God judges a man, it is the prison that, that comes to the man. He's allowed to go back home, drive his car, continue running his business, and you think the man is free.
We have seen millionaires and billionaires behind invisible bars. It's a terrible thing now when the prison is coming to the men. Paul is trying to deliver a sermon to a politician and one man kept on the amabira of that politician kept on kept on disrupting the communications of the spirit and Paul said no 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 we, we, we can't have it <laughs> it's my turn you have been with this man for too long and this man realized that if my boss is to be set free probably I'm going to lose my job he kept on disrupting the process of salvation and what was invited was darkness from its original place called night into his afternoon when, when, when a prison is brought to the men <laughs> you don't wait until it is dark for you to see darkness no it can be brought here Are you following this? Are you following this? How many people came out, you pastors, you remember, when we had too many people talking at a crusade while this time I was preaching? And I said, guys, I'm sent to you. The word is given to me to speak to you. You don't have a word for me. If you don't keep quiet, You will not speak until what? Until you come here. At that moment, there was dead silence. And I thought people had obeyed, yet some of them were actually trying to speak. Some left the place thinking that maybe the thing is going to go away until the following service. Yes. Look at the number of people that came yes. that could not speak from the last service we had yesterday evening. And we brought all of them before people. And their relatives are narrating. Some had to get back home and write on pieces of paper. Yes. The moment he declared that we need to be quiet, that's when I, I lost my, my speech. And we prayed for them and we released them. What is that? It's judgment. The court is in session. And when silence is declared, silence has to be experienced. That's judgment. Yeah. Oh, be, be seated, please. Be seated. Be seated. Be seated. Be seated. But my question now to the people present is this. Apart from what has been done to the people who are trying to, to, to what has been done to those noisemakers, <laughs> are they able to see that act of God beyond what has been done in that crusade, the power given to 
the body of Christ to silence the voice of the accuser. When you watch such a thing being executed, are you able to see beyond the power that God has made available to silence our enemies? When we silence our enemy, we're not saying the enemy is never going to say anything. Silencing a man is not only when you hold his mouth. You take away the power that accompanies words. What he's left with is a sound. And, and, and the meaning of the sound is taken away. And he wonders, he wonders with everything that I've said against this man, he doesn't seem to be going down. Yes. Why? Words have been judged. Yes. Can I explain some explain few things to you? Yes. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. This is this information is 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 futuristic. Thank you. Huh? It's, it's, it's information that is meant for ages to come. Hey! You know, you know the problem that I'm having is the same problem that Jesus had. What problem? Can I explain it to you? You know, the problem why Jesus ended up breaking the law which he was born under which he had actually come to fulfill. And in trying to fulfill it, he was breaking it. Though the Bible declares he did not come to break the law or to condemn the law or to... No, no, no. But according to the law given, what he was doing was actually breaking the law. And he tells you, I'm not breaking the law. So if it is you doing it, it's the law that you are breaking. If it is me doing it, it's not the law being broken. Yet we are both doing the same thing. What is happening? Asking a man to carry his bed on a Sabbath day. You are assisting a man to break the law. Period. But it takes grace for you people to see the pressure that Jesus was under. You don't know what is happening within him. Number one, he realizes that he's in the Old Testament. And whilst he's in the Old Testament, the blood that he carries, he, he's a container of the New Testament liquid. Which sometimes forces him to do things according to the New Testament. Oh, yes. During the Old Testament. Are you, are you following this? Yes. He would find himself encouraging people to be born again. <laughs> During the Old Testament. So that blood within him, sometimes it would speak 
from the New Testament whilst his body is in the Old Testament. He's practicing the freedom that is meant for the New Testament where you break the Sabbath. Why? Because your focus now is not on the day. The fo- your focus now is on what the day represented. Rest. Now you look at him, what you're seeing is the seventh day. Not just the seventh day, he is the rest. And the rest says to you, come unto me. O ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you Sabbath. Rest. I'll give you rest. I'll give you Sabbath. So he's, he's, he's being afflicted by the presence of a testament within himself which is yet to be released. You do that sometimes. When the future you begins to speak. People in the present, hearing you will call that a lie. When, when you find a man speaking like he has it before he gets it. He tells you I'm a smith. Yet there are no instruments around him. I'm a man of God and you look at what he's doing it's a different profession what have you done with your being a man of God you have nothing to show for it you speak like you're so blessed you speak like you're so rich and people are wondering this guy can lie this guy can lie when the New Testament blood in a man yeah. Who is in the Old Testament begins to speak. <laughs> Have you ever heard those contradictions? Where you look at what you know, the things that you are saying, and you look at your current position. It's a contradiction. It is the Old Testament versus the New Testament. But when you begin to feel like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. What is approaching? It is the New Testament. It is almost time for that New Testament, new lease of life, to be birthed out of you. Hey! There are times when I would speak things. Okay, sit down. There are times when I would speak things and people would say, things that this guy says, can he perform those things? Can he fulfill those things? They would come to my house and see a complete contradiction of what I was preaching. So who was preaching there? The future man. (laughs) 
So even when Jesus is casting out demons, you must be discerning enough to know where he's casting those demons from. Is it an Old Testament way of casting out a demon or it's a New Testament way of casting out a demon before the New Testament comes? Because the blood that makes the Testament new is within him. You do things according to the future blood, the future generation. You'll find yourself embarking on businesses that are not yours. It's your son's business. You don't have a passion for it, yet you keep on doing it because your son has the passion for it. You realize at the time when he arrives that that's exactly what he wants. Then you will realize that no, it was a transferred passion. I was acting and behaving according to the future man. Something within me had that passion and that something within me wasn't me. It was the future blood. I have a lot of things to share with you. Can I go ahead? Yes. Can I proceed? Yes. You see, Jesus says that whosoever's sin you forgive, they will be forgiven of them. And any sin that you don't forgive, will not be forgiven. You remit a sin. It is remitted. You retain. Let's, let's read it. We are dealing with matters of judgment. Are we still together? Yes. Okay. John 20 verse 20. And when he had said so, he showed unto them his hands and his side. When he had said so, look, look at this. When he had what? Said so. What, what did he do next? He showed unto them his hands and his side. Now that they had him, he now wanted them to see. When he had said this, he then went on to show them his what? Hands and his side. There's a whole teaching on that. I don't have time for that. What happens to a what happens to a man after hearing how he shows his hand to you, how you see his hand after based on your understanding of what he said. The side of God when God begins to show you his hand and his side. The side of God, things that people would say, that's not God. 
Because they are focusing on him and yet to you he shows you even his surroundings. And you will have problems with people. They say his doctrines are weird. We have access to his sides. We have access to his end. When, 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 when he is, my emphasis, I just, I just saw verse number, number 20. That wasn't my, my, we want to get to <laughs> forgiveness of sins forgiveness of sin. But notice the trend. When he had finished speaking to them, then he went on to show. People that are being shown his hand and his side are those that had him. You begin to see what other people that never had him can never get to see. I see him based on what I had from him. He prepares my sight by speech. I see according to his declaration. Okay, he showed them what when he had said so. Sit down and listen to this. Listen to this. When he what? And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. The gladness came after they had seen the Lord. Proof that this indeed is the Lord was the hand of the Lord. And his side. Preach it for why are they calling him Lord? Notice. Ew, oh, 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 my God. Notice. 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 Jesus has developed a relationship with his, with his disciples to a point where they are calling him Lord based on a wound. Not a strength. A weakness. They are glad and they confirm this is Lord. When you finally have the right company, the right people around you, who will appreciate you and your Lordship even after discovering your weakness. To a point where Jesus, when he comes back to his own, he's not in the business of hiding his hands. Like we do sometimes as men of God. A man of God, while he is sick, he comes to church to preach. He tries to hide the wounds because he has a wrong company around him. They will not call him Lord after discovering that he is wounded. When a man finally lifts up his garment and he shows you his wound. And he knows that at that level of my humility, I'm still regarded as Lord. 
They said this is him. Not because he's a superman, perfect. But he kept a certain aspect of himself weak. So that those that are not trained in matters of humility will undermine him and not even believe that it is him. He is not showing them strength. He is showing them his weakness. I was wounded. And they loved him the more. When people start leaving you because they've discovered that you are weak in one aspect, in one area of your life, you must be grateful to God for that aspect. You must be grateful that God allowed you to have that wound because it is now pushing the wrong people away from you. Was that love, genuine love? Was that love, good love? Are you supposed to love me because I'm perfect? If I'm perfect, am I supposed to be loved by the imperfect like yourself? <laughs> Would I call that love perfect love? I'm talking to somebody here who is trying to hide. You have been trying to do makeup. Things that you've been trying because you know the day they discover, they love you. Have you ever struggled? Having people around you who love you because of your strength. You will fight so hard that they don't discover that you are weak in any area. And the day that you manifest weakness, they are not ready to embrace you. They, are, they become so accustomed to a strength that is not even theirs. To a point where you become a slave of your own good doings. Keep doing good. The day that you do it in the wrong way, they condemn you. Based on your previous uprightness, they will walk away. Where are you going? He has a wound. We have discovered his side cheek. His side. Anyway. <laughs> sit down, sit down. Sit down, sit down, sit down. <laughs> Most men of God that have gone on to confess their sin before the church were never forgiven by the church. Yet they were forgiven by God. I'm very careful when I'm dealing with sinners. We'll get to verse 23. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very careful. Because I know once sin is committed, okay? When sin is being committed, the act of sin is different from the act of forgiveness. No journalist will find out how forgiveness occurred. What they will find out is how sin was committed. 
They are trained. Journalism doesn't cover that other aspect that I'm talking about. It covers only finding facts, visible manifestations of things. Once a scandal is wrought, they go on to write it because it has been dramatized. They have a way of knowing and seeing that it has been done. But once the same person who once sinned then submit before God and that he's forgiven. How that forgiveness is committed. You will never get to know that the man that once sinned has already been forgiven. So your problem is not with God. Your problem is with God's people. What you did, they saw it. But what God did in terms of forgiving you, they can't see that. Am I talking to somebody? Yes. Am I talking to somebody? Yes. Why are we touching on forgiveness? Because unforgiveness can become the weapon. And who fashions that weapon? The unforgiving. <laughs> sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Yeah. Am I, am I talking to somebody? Yes. Viewers, are you following what I'm teaching today? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, How do I know the man has been forgiven? you must be having a relationship with the one forgiving for you to know. If you are in touch only with the sinner, you might not know. If you keep interacting with the sinner every day, you might not know until you start interacting with the one who forgives sin. Am I passing on judgment here? Yes. Am I setting someone free here? Yes. This is how the judicial anointing works. Mm-hmm. You feel it that I'm being set free here. Yeah. You're coming out of condemnation slowly but surely. Because if people keep on condemning you, you end up joining them in condemning yourself. How You are saying, how can everyone be wrong? Then there's something wrong with me. You have finally joined them. This is a tangent. When he showed them his wounded, there was something in the hands that he wanted them to see. And affliction. Can I tell you my problems and still call me Lord? 
That's a lifetime message. Can I declare my shortcomings before you and still be forgiven? Would you still come back tomorrow for the next service? You, most of you, you don't like a wounded man of God. But the problem that you will have by that problem is if Jesus is not touched by the feelings of our infirmities, I wish I had time I could have shown you why he was afflicted and how he helps those who are being tempted. Yes, I, I wish I had time to just show you why he was tempted. The reason was so that he would help those being tempted. He acquired a qualification on how to master temptations so that when you are confronted with a temptation, he then is empowered to assist you. But I'm saying this, then your problem is when a man that is wounded tries to help you recover from your wound. You need a man of God who survived what is killing you. He has to lift up his jacket and he says to you, look at this scar. It's proof that you can survive this current wound that you're suffering from. Look at me and you say, how did you recover? Because this is exactly the way I'm being hit by the devil. Are you following this? But your problem of wanting to go around and search for the perfect man. I've said this before. If you are a son and you are really desperate for a father that is perfect. And you are saying, God, give me a father that is perfect. (laughs) Is it hard to find such a father? You might find a father that is perfect. But a perfect father will never accept a son who is not perfect. The day he accepts you as a son, he becomes imperfect. You become the sin of that man. People who look at a a man who is so upright and they say, how come people around him are behaving like this? So you become my sin. A perfect father, proof that he is not perfect, is when he accepted you. So what is going to become my sin? I'm going to be found touching sin by God. Touching you. Working on your case, you become the sin that I'm committed to. When you commit yourself to a man who is committed to sin, you are committing sin. 
in trying to help him and bring him out of his problems. You'll get to see things that you said I will never look at in my life. He comes to you, he tells you, I've, 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 I've killed a man. This is the knife. Right before you, there is proof that a man has been slaughtered, has been killed by your own son. I'm just giving you illustrations, examples here. At that moment, you're dealing with sin. That's why Jesus himself became sin. Sin came upon him in trying to handle our matter. He got contaminated by that. That is why people are so much devastated when they see such a righteous God moving along with such a wicked man like yourself. They stop believing in God. How can God be a righteous God favoring such an individual? We are busy making him imperfect. Be seated, be seated, be seated, be seated. My question on that is, can I show you my scars and still call me Lord? Can I say something that is hard to say? You know when you discover that, let's say a man of God is sinful and then you discover that he's sinning and then you walk away from him. Is it wrong for you to do that? I don't think it is wrong for you to do that, but this is what I think also. That you, you must be asking yourself questions. So you were following him because you thought he had no sin. We have to agree on that. Because the day you discovered that and then you walk away, you are saying, had I not known, I would have continued walking with this man. But the question is, if you looked at the man walking away from a sinner, before we talk about where he's going, his next church, let's look at the man who is walking away from a sinner. You are witnessing sin walking away from sin. Don't jump into conclusions before we pass on the judgment today, please. I will never support sin. Wait until the court is over. Look at this. Jesus is showing them what? His hands and his side. Yes. Then were were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. They were glad. Did they walk away from a man who is wounds on his body. They were, glad. they were glad that that they had seen the Lord. They had seen the Lord. Okay. Then said Jesus to them again. Again. He is now saying to them again. So the people that heard what he said before are no longer the same people hearing him now. Yes. What he said before, before exposing himself, are different people. The people that heard him before. These ones now are people who have now seen his hands, his side, and they still believe in him. 
Now he gets to talk about something different. It's a different audience. These are the ones that have now remained having known the weaknesses of the Lord. His wounds. He's not saying this is my sin. This is my, my, my shortcoming. He's showing them because it is because of their sin that he's wounded. It is because of his, their transgression that pain was inflicted on his body. So he's showing them their shortcomings. He's showing them their sin. So those that then stayed, it's a different church. Then he said again now, now that you have chosen to still call me Lord, now let the Lord speak. Now, what did he say? Peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. <sighs> I might not get to the face that I want to talk about. Keep on reading. As my father hath sent me, even so send I you. As my father is what? Sent me. So? Even so send I you. The same way that my father has sent me, I'm also sending you. I am the father's best. And he so loved the world that he gave me to the world. And I love the world and I have to give my best to the world and I'm also sending you as my best. I'm sending you. So it's the same way my father equipped me, I also equip you. I do things according to my father. So you do things according to me. I'm also sending you. Uh -huh. And when he had said this. When he had said this. He breathed on them. Notice what was breathed on them. Before Pentecost. He breathed. The blowing of the smith. He breathed on them. Something called breath came out of Jesus towards this class of people. The Holy Ghost that is coming on Pentecost, it's a, it's a different version. He has different responsibilities, yeah. different assignment. Mm. Before Jesus goes, oh my God, before Jesus goes, <laughs> and before the Holy Ghost comes at Pentecost, he had already breathed. That is earmarking them for the Spirit. Okay, be, 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 be seated, be seated, be seated, be seated. You know what, what, what Jesus is doing here? He breathed what? 
He breathed on them and said, and saith receive unto them, uh -huh. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now, you might be wondering, how come they received the Holy Ghost at this point and also had to wait for Pentecost to receive the Holy Ghost? A misunderstanding there is this. When you hear Jesus saying, receive ye the Holy Ghost, you would assume that they received. How many things has he given to you that you don't have? The assumption is because he said receive, they received. Yet the power to receive is different from the power to give. You can be empowered by God to give, not until the people around you are empowered to receive. You can have it on their behalf. And it will be difficult for you to transfer it to them until it is given to them to receive what has been given. Sit down. Did they receive? That's the question. Don't assume they received because Jesus said, receive. Because he has said to so many people, be healed and they are not healed. It's not entirely up to him, the man who said receive. It's up to the man who is supposed to receive. It's another teaching for another day again. Oh, my God. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Uh -huh. Whosoever sins ye remit. Whosoever sin you remit. He's talking about forgiveness of sin. I'm touching on that because it's another weapon. I've said this and I'm going to keep on emphasizing on that fact. Hear this. Whosoever sin you forgive. Uh -huh. They are remitted unto them. They are forgiven unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, mm -hmm. they are retained. Can I help you hear what he's saying? Yes. There are places where he's saying, when people sin or they transgress against you, you forgive them. That's another context. There is this superior context where it's not only sin, that is committed against you that you forgive. It is sin in general. Where you have a man committing sin that has nothing to do with you. And then you get involved in as far as forgiveness of that sin is concerned. Whosoever's sin you forgive shall be forgiven. It's a level of authority being predicted that will come after you have received the Holy Ghost. Right. 
you are now at a level where instead of people going to God for forgiveness of their sin, <laughs> they have to go where God is. Where there is the Holy Ghost. And there are people that God is never going to see coming to him asking for forgiveness because they've been to my house. Sit down, let me, can I, can I, please sit, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. We, we want to talk about judgmental issues here. Okay. May you be seated, please. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Hear this. <laughs> He's not saying this to every man. He's saying this to the men who have seen the hand of Jesus. The men who have seen the sides of Jesus. Who knows God's environment? What goes around Jesus? <laughs> the man who burns like a coal that is being blown, that man, when you present yourself before him and he forgives you, he's under the influence of the Holy Ghost to a point where after saying, I'm sorry, to you and you forgive him. He's not expected to say, I'm sorry again to God. Because God has already dealt with that matter. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. At the level of the influence of that man, mm -hmm. the spirit behind that man mm -hmm. in forgiving sin. Who? Imagine now that God has placed you at a level where some of you are still struggling. You're, now, you're still at that stage where you're wondering, is God ever going to forgive me? No, you have to graduate from yeah. there yeah. to a point where you become the instrument in God's hand yes. through which he forgives sin. Yes. We are here to forgive sin. Okay, sit down. Sit, 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 sit down. I want you to see something here. You see, you see, this is one of the reasons why they crucified Jesus. They said, who is he to forgive sin? This is the kind of message that will get a man of God crucified. You want religious people to come after you, preach like I'm preaching. Talk like I'm talking. Expose the power of God given to mankind. You'll have problems. Talk about God having power. No problem. You, you won't have problems with them. But talk about when it is breathed out of God. Given to men. And the Bible declares, and they glorified God who gave such power unto men. God gets the glory when his power is given to who? Men. To men. 
It's God who gets the glory. No matter what you say about the men, whether you roll before the men, it's not glory to the men. It's glory being given to God. I don't know why the same people who are irritated and agitated by the honor that they witness being given to a man of God, they don't react the same way when it is a politician getting the same honor. You wonder where has the belief gone to now, suddenly? When people, women are dancing and they're wearing regalia and pictures and images of politicians are on their clothes. People don't have a problem with that. They don't call that worship. The same people who have a problem when it's a man of God. Same, same politicians, in fact. Same politicians. Personally, when I see that and people are jubilating, they are happy, celebrating their leader, I personally, I like that. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm born again. Maybe. I don't have, I don't see, I don't see. What's, when you have a problem with that, you are, you are so sick. You, you are, you are deceased. You are dead. There's no life in you. (laughs) Why is it a bad thing? People are irritated. They are observing you the way that people respect you and and they they feel like the man is getting God's glory. Come on. Be seated. Be seated. Now, see what is happening to the man who now, if he is to receive the Holy Ghost, he forgives sin. And there's a reason why the power has to be given to you to forgive sin. This is the reason, and this is how it is done as a judge, when you come across a man who is struggling with sin and is searching for forgiveness, you forgive him. It's hard for you to swallow what I'm giving you. It's also hard for the sinner to also believe that he's forgiven when he's forgiven by you. Because when you forgive sin, you are like you are like those mini outlets. I don't know what they what you call those. You have a bigger shop which is the headquarters, and then you have your little shops dotted around the country. I don't know what you call those ones. 
branches. Okay, those are outlets, right? And the product that you get there has to be coming from the headquarters. God knew that people would need forgiveness on the earth. So these substations were provided. They would go to that place and still get the product called forgiveness. When you do it at that point, if you misunderstand what I'm teaching, you would want to take God out of this equation. The God in you is busy forgiving sinners. Then, what is amazing, to, number one, to, to know that I can forgive sin and the sins are forgiven, it's, it's, it's a blow on my mind. And the next thing again is another blow. If I don't forgive, they have no any other way of going about it. They won't be forgiven. As if, if they go to God, God is going to find out, did I forgive them? It's as if. But what is the reason why we have to forgive? Because we are supposed to be passing on judgment in correct situations. Some situations which are as a result of sin, And because of sin, the captive has now become a lawful captive. He has a right to be bound because of sin committed. And before you set him free, sin has to be forgiven. So if I have the power given to me by God to set you free from an affliction, and I don't have the power to separate you from the sin that you committed that qualifies you for the calamity. What I'm supposed to do is to send you to God for forgiveness. And then God sends you back to me for deliverance from that calamity. So the journey becomes long and yet this man is sick. That's why usually hospitals are supposed to be closed to communities. It's dangerous when, 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 when hospitals are too far, when, when you have to go to God every time. Yes. It, the distance has to be short. That's why ambulances, you hear a siren. They're trying to shorten the route. Get out of the way so that we quickly arrive and save a life. So you are that makeshift word that God has placed on the earth to deal with Matters of agents. If I see a man who is being afflicted because there is sin in his generation, and I know I have the capacity given to me, of course, by God, to set him free, then I look into the matter. There is evidence legally that a sin was committed in this generation. 
which is supposed, because my deliverance is not supposed to be an illegal deliverance. Because if you are illegally set free from prison, you will have to be sought after. You have to be found and be restored back. It has to be a legal release where the legal procedure was followed by the deliverer before setting you free. No, 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 Jesus' name, come on, Jesus' name everywhere. People are just, no, 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 no. Most of it is not deliverance. These are manifestations of demons. It's not coming, the coming out of demons. It's demons revealing their presence by rolling and screaming, but not proper deliverance. Because proper deliverance, it has to be legal. Because certain demons are in certain places according to rights. Sit down. Sit down. So what do you do as a judge? You have to temper with the right that the evil spirit has. So if there is sin that was committed, what I need to do now is to first deal with the sin. Take away the right from the demon. Now when a man becomes sinless, I look at the demon and I ask, what gives you the right to afflict this man? Now that there is no more sin. Are you following this? Are you following this? Jesus sees a man. He's sick. 38 years. Do you want to be healed? Yes, I want to be healed. Is that what he said? There's no man here to set me free. To push me into the water. And Jesus said, take, take up your, be- your, your bed and go. Go home. Huh? Go home. What I like also about this man that they brought and he, they, they, they lowered him from the roof. Once my time is up, please let me, let me know. Let me know. Uh, oh, 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 oh. Hear this. They lowered him before Jesus because they were aware of his sickness and yet they were not aware of his sin. So Jesus, before dealing with the disease, he first diagnosed to find out whether the disease had a legal right. Is there a legal right? Is the disease holding on to a right? Then Jesus found out that this man has sinned. And he said before healing the man, your sins are forgiven. Sit down. Oh, please. Come Sit down. When Jesus starts conducting his um, his 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 practice on you. You would think that no, he's, he's not addressing issues that really matter. That's why sometimes when a preacher is really enjoying himself, you think, no, he's not dealing with my, my issues. He starts with sin. 
you are forgiven. And they begin to wonder, who does he think he is? This is blasphemy. Only God, hear what they are saying, they are saying only God can forgive sin. <laughs> so who is this? <laughs> you guys, please wake up. Who is this? It's still only God forgiving sin. He's asking them, what is easier, forgiving him sins or asking him to stand up? But so that you know that the power is given to the Son to forgive sin on the earth. Then he turned to the man, rise up, take your bed, go home, follow the procedure, no healing declared. After the right that the disease had was removed, mm. what he tells the men to do is to rise, yes. not to be healed. Mm. Why? Because a disease can no longer hold him down now. Because yes. yeah. yes. the legal requirement has been met by the judge. Yes. The sin is forgiven, so he was sick according to the sin. So in healing people, you must understand this grace. So if you enter into a room and you have 30 people that are sick, that have come for healing of their physical bodies, Carry all your several abilities as a judge. Be well equipped as you enter into that room. In case there is need for forgiveness first before healing the sick. Everything has to be conducted within that room. No one has to go out and ask God for forgiveness. By the time the judge is done, everyone must be jumping. Because the process is going to be too long. Now that you have come and I have to send you back to God to ask for forgiveness before you come back and then I pray for you for healing, I have to forgive their sin. It's God doing that because God is not outside of where we are. He's here. Huh. But just make sure the camera is not on you. Just make sure the microphone is not on when you say, I forgive you. Be warned. Don't let them hear that. They will crucify you. 
So, if there is a weapon in somebody's body and that weapon's presence is justified by whatever was done, people are supposed to be forgiven. Huh? Where we can forgive the nation. And when the church forgives the nation, that nation becomes holy. What is amazing to me is that I can forgive sin, number one, if I fall under this category of people that God has breathed upon. It is by that spirit that we will forgive. Number one, number two, which is an amazing thing given to us. Number two, if you don't use that grace to forgive, they can't go anywhere else to get that forgiveness unless it is you giving it. You have become the only authorized dealer to provide that product in that region. The supplier cannot give it to anyone else. And it's binding. If I see anyone driving a car in my territory, where I'm supposed to be the one bringing that um, model of a car, I will raise that matter legally. How can a consumer come to you and you're selling it from the factory? While this time here, we have paperwork that proves that I'm here to be forgiving sin. It's a product that you gave to us to supply. And the market is vast. They have to come to us. Sit down, sit down, sit down. You feel like this is. If a man is to understand these things, if you understand, <laughs> uh, if a man is to understand what we are teaching here. That man becomes a dangerous man. That man becomes a dangerous man. What is the weapon that the enemy has placed in people's lives? What is the reason behind?
One of those people, Jesus met him later and he tells him in the temple that, hey, go and what? Sin no more. Lest what? Something bigger than what you had will happen to you. Now you have to ask this question, what is greater than that? The man could not even walk. He could not even move his hand. But in the list of things that can happen to a man, there is still more to come to that man. So if God tells you privately to go and sin no more, he's telling you that it was by sin that that disease gained entrance. So the next thing that you need to investigate is what sin did I commit? Which is synchronized to this kind of affliction. Every sin has a, an affliction related to it. Every disease, every act has an affliction, an attack that, is, that goes with it. You know, when they build um, long and tall structures, sometimes they have a way of... Have you ever heard of... Uh, there's an item that they place on top of buildings that attracts lightning. I haven't yet really studied that thing, but I believe there is some kind of energy there is something that they do to that thing that, you see, that lightning that you see coming to that thing, it wasn't going to that thing. The lightning was on its way to hit something else, but you protect everything in that area by providing a place that will attract the lightning. It has a way of swallowing that lightning, water it down, Maybe it, is, it pushes it into the ground nicely and nothing is destroyed. What is that antenna? That is how devils sometimes, even sin, it, it, that's how sin calibrates you to attract an affliction. An affliction that was on its way to somebody next door gets attracted and you think an affliction is coming after you, yet an affliction is coming after an act of sin. And until that sin is stopped, you can't stop the lightning from coming. Now, where we have controversy is when a preacher then says, your business is not moving forward because you are sinning against God. And then the sinner now, who is sinning against God, who is a Christian, looks around and he says, but I know business people who are sinning and they are still making money. Yes. You see the confusion? Yes. What you, do, you don't realize is that Who told you that a sinner is sinning? <laughs> it's sin when it is you doing it. Yes. It's a lifestyle when, 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 when a sinner is sinning. Yeah. It's, okay. 
Do you know that you can have a sinner committing righteousness by sinning? A sinner, whilst he is sinning, he is committing righteousness. In the sense that what makes it sin, if it is you doing it, is because that wasn't your intended mark. Sit down, let me explain this to you. Let me explain this. I've said this before, when you see those that, that uh, do archery, that shoots arrows, when they miss, they shout, sin. Mm-hmm. You hear what sin? Exactly. That's where the, the term came from. Mm-hmm. Sin is missing the mark, missing the target. Before you think of committing adultery, once you have missed, the, let's say you have got a monthly target in terms of financial figures, and you miss that, you have sinned as a company. The company has transgressed. If you are driving and then you miss the bridge, you have sinned. It's not just an accident. You have, you have sinned. You have missed the mark. So if your mark, if your target is becoming righteous and you want to do things the right way and then you find yourself doing it the wrong way you've sinned so now if a man whose intention was never to do it the right way and then he does it the wrong way he's not sinning That businessman that you're talking about, he is without the law. He is without your conscience. Your target of righteousness is never his target. His commitment to sin is a well-planned commitment. Nothing within him pricks him. That was his goal and he has achieved, he has hit his target. I want to commit adultery today. He goes out, he commits adultery and he has hit the mark. Your mark was to have your wife only. That's your target. (laughs) This is what makes it seem now. Are 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 you following this? So don't tell me that I know business guys who are into women and yet they still make money and they are committing sin. Am I defining something here? (laughs) So you're competing people who are outside of your league. Am I answering a question here? It's a lifetime question. People have been wondering. I know guys. How is it the preacher keeps on telling me that because of something wrong that I did and and this is happening to me? (sighs) It's not fair. (laughs) The guy that you are referring to is hitting his mark. Thereby not sinning. But you, that wasn't your intention when you left home.
you have sinned. Can I explain to you what sin does? Because we're dealing with weapons here. Notice the types of weapons that I'm presenting to you. Like before, we're talking about the absence of God. And that, that's a weapon. Because it makes everything a weapon. Unforgiveness. A man who cannot forgive has qualified himself for an attack. And when Jesus said forgive, he wasn't caring much about the people that we are forgiving. He was caring much about us. What unforgiveness does to us if we don't forgive. That's why the people that you don't forgive, they keep on going with their lives. They don't care. But who gets hurt? It's you. So when you forgive, you are doing it for yourself. So that becomes a weapon that you have fashioned against yourself. Are you following this? Yes. Now we are dealing with sin. Before we talk about hey, before we talk about people going to hell, look at what sin can help you achieve. Since sin is missing the mark, are we agreeing on that? Yes. So if a man is committing sin, he is committed to sinning. If a man is committing sin, he is committed to sin. If you keep on sinning, it becomes a commitment. Are you following? Yes. When you are committed to sin, yet sin is missing the mark, it means you are now committed to missing the mark. Follow this? So don't be surprised when you keep on missing every other mark even in business, even in ministry. You target a beautiful woman with good character, good behavior, good moral standards. You charge and you go after him. You will miss that one. <laughs> and for you to, to think that what really is propelling you towards missing that mark, it's a sin that you have been committed to. But how does that sin help you miss the rest of the marks? It is because it had become a commitment you are committed to missing marks. Uh, let's, let's go home. Yeah, yeah, let's go home. I think that's the best, the, the, the best advice that I can give to you today. <laughs> let's just go home. 
Sit down. Sit down. Can I tell you something? Tell us when a man walks straight into sin, knowing that he is sinning, enjoying sinning, having pleasure in sinning, you are programming your body to get accustomed to missing the mark. You are falling in love with missing the point, missing the target. Until missing a target ceases to be a strange thing to you, you are known for missing the mark. So when the devil allows you to commit sin willingly and you are enjoying it, he knows it's not going to end there in the, in the, in the, in the hotel. He, he wants you to then come to the office and start missing other marks. Because you are committed to missing what? The mark. That's how sin follows after you and it will reflect in everything else that you will do. To try and perfect things. If we are to give you an assignment and we say, we want this thing done well, precise, accurately, and you are telling a sinner, a man who is dedicated to missing the point and to missing the mark, for you to bring out perfection out of your work, it will be so hard. There are always errors in everything that you do, mistakes everywhere. Keep on checking your text messages every time before you, you send them. Count the number of errors. Don't blame the phone. Whose phone is it? If you're saying something and the phone ends up saying something else, why not make a follow-up and verify? Because what I, what I originally intended to say can be altered by this machine. So I have to make a follow-up with my spirit that is trained on uprightness. Why you are allowing yourself to get used to mistakes, things that are substandard, you enjoy that. Things that are cheap, you enjoy that. What makes you think that God is going to give you access to expensive things in his word? If everything around you is cheap, I've seen people being given books and the author of the book is saying this one is for free and you see people killing each other for a free book. And you know nothing in that book is ever going to materialize in the life of such a person. What a mentality. Free. You like things that are for free. You don't want to pay for what can change your life. You are sinning. You are training your body to get used to things that are below the expected standard according to God. God's way of analyzing quality and controlling quality. 
Are you following this? That's what the Bible talks about, the deeper things of God. There are deeper things of God. What are those deeper things of God? We don't want to talk about that now. These are the deeper things of God. For all information. They are shallow things. If they are deeper things. Not only God has a deeper part of himself. There are deep things of the devil in the book of Revelation. The deep things of Satan. How many people are trained enough to get to those depths of the devil? These are people who are, who are, who are, who are, who are seasoned in dark matters. Not everyone, not, not everyone who can access those uh, dimensions of the devil. He has to be so wicked and so dirty, so sinful. They have to eat human flesh, drink human blood before they can access those dimensions of, of Satan. How about deeper things of God? If little things can satisfy you. Anyone, anyone, any girl can take you to bed. As precious as you are. everything in her life, all her examin examinations, she has failed, she has, she has tried this, she has tried every course, she can't sew, she can't wash, she can't cook, yet when she comes after you, she brings you down. You are easier than, than cooking rice. Come on. So I, what I'm saying is, be seated, please. Be seated, be seated. I, I know I have, to, I have to bring this to an end. But I'm trying to help you people to realize that the absence of God is a weapon. Unforgiveness is a weapon. Committing sin, forget about what people are doing against you. What you're doing against your own self. When you are sinning, before you go to hell, sin will get you somewhere where you always miss every mark. Everything that you do, there is an error. You have to miss. Why? Because you are a sinner. What does a sinner do? He misses the mark. Every time. It doesn't matter you are a man of God. If you are sinning, you say, I have a crusader one day. 1,000 souls to come to the Lord. <laughs> it's two people. You have to miss that mark. Because you have been practicing sin. I don't know if there's any other way of saying this. I'm just showing you what sin can do to a man before he gets to hell. And you can't say to God, why is it my things are not that good? God says, let's look at the man. Who is trying to produce good? You feel happy when you are sinning, when you are missing the mark. So when you stop sinning, huh? 
You are preparing yourself for victories away from sin. And then you say, I cannot get it wrong here. While least I got it right over there. I'm not a sinner. I'm a sharpshooter. I'm a marksman. I'm a sniper. I'm trained to hit my targets every time. So when you set your goals and you say in the next four months, this is what I'm going to achieve. In four months, you would have hit the target. Why? Because you're not a sinner. You're not used to sin. Are you following what I'm talking about? (laughs) Oh, precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, praise him. Praise him. Worship him. Worship him. Worship him. Worship him. He's setting you free. He's setting you free. He's setting you free. Keep on praising him. 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 He's setting you free. He's setting you free. He's setting you free. Keep on thanking him. He's setting you free. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Child of God, since your sins are forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. That now gives you the right to have access to your healing your success. There is an anointing, an ability prepared by God for his people. That God is getting ready to distribute to his children this 2022. Yes. It's an equipment. That power mm. is an arsenal. Yes. It's an instrument for your work. Yes. The light that accompanies you yes. so that you define and you are defined by that light. I see strange things happening this year. Unlike any of the years we've had. This setting apart of God's people so that our difference become noticeable. Yes. Yes. 
God wants to send out a statement. But when a man is endued by the power of the Spirit of God, comes on the earth, judgment is executed. I've been to places where people say, we can't allow the men of God to live without a word of prayer. And I look at them, I say, wow. Prayer has been here all along. <laughs> Judgment has already been reached. We have already sanitized the office. This area is surrounded because when we move, there is a cloud that moves with us. When they left Rakab's house, mm. they did not say to her, keep praying until we come. No. They asked her to put a symbol, an item, mm. physically, mm. on the window. Mm. Notice, that physical infrastructure was there and was respected even by the sound that came out of the trumpets. Because <laughs> they did not come to push the walls. Yes. Wow. <laughs> now, if they had come to push the walls, you would think there was an instruction that when you see a scarlet, a red scarlet on the window, leave that house alone. No. Yet Craigs had to honor an established presence. There are things like that on the earth. Of course, it was a symbol of the blood of Jesus. Where when an instrument of destruction is blown and there is blood on you, the life of Jesus on you, Chaos is supposed to happen around you. Yes. Where you witness other people's properties going down and your house remains standing. Yes. Oh, yes. How does that a piece of fabric prevent the building from collapsing? Yes. That's the power of the blood. Yes. When everyone else goes down, you will remain standing. What is your secret? What is your strength? The blood. I have the life of Jesus that is in his blood. It's not my life. It is his life. What is that? You can become that symbol in your generation that from you going forward that affliction will not come the second time. I cease to be just a member of my family. I am 
I am a demarcation. Yes. This is where it ends. Yes. If you see your child going through an affliction, stop wondering how come it went past me. No. No. It's not yet beyond you as long as you can still see it. As long as you are still present. Yes. These are judgmental issues. There comes a time when you look at a situation and you say, the devil has been destroying my family based on something that was done. I might not really know what exactly was done that gives this demon a right. But I, I'm suspecting the demon has a right. I have to take this matter up. Let's execute judgment. Yes, yes. This matter is not ending today. Yes. Next Sunday we have to continue on this yes. matter. Yes. Okay. Because everything that I wanted to tell you, I haven't touched on that. We want to execute judgment. Yes. We, we want to reach that point where the hammer hits the ground. Yes. And you are declared free yes. because you are innocent. Yes. <sighs> Where you look back like Paul, who was once Saul, killing people, and you say, I've never offended any man. So when something happens to my life, to my car, to my house, to my property, to my business, I stop saying, what have I done wrong? Mm. I start searching for the message that is being communicated. Yeah. What is the meaning of this occurrence? Mm. It ceases to be a manifestation of a curse, but rather a manifestation of a blessing. Mm -hmm. Am I being delayed? Mm -hmm. This tire puncher, is this the car that God wants me to be driving today? It ceases to be a curse. You start extracting messages from calamities, from afflictions. Because all these things sometimes are messengers, more loyal to bring messages to you than prophets. I can tell you this. For your own information, I can give you this declaration. Do you know that pain has raised more loyal and better children than parents? Pain is raised. Let me leave it there. Pain has raised better children than parents.
Some of them, unless they go through the pain, they can't learn. We'll continue next time. Child of God, you are blessed to be hearing what you are hearing. You don't have to go through pain to learn. Let this parentage taking place now help you become the best version of yourself. I don't want to keep on trying. I want to get it right next time I try it. No more pain in my life. I want to be free from this affliction. I want to be free from this affliction. What we are doing is simply getting rid of evidence. That's what we are destroying. This kind of preaching, we are destroying proof. We are destroying evidence. You know what we are doing? Sometimes we are obstructing justice by executing proper justice. Because the justice of this world is not justice according to God sometimes. There are times when we are sent by God to wait outside of the courtroom and we grab the witness before he gets in. And they are waiting for him inside. And no one shows up because by the power of God, we can withhold whoever is coming to condemn you. Yes. You can condemn. That's, that's, that's what the scripture is saying. Yes. Yes. And no one raises up a finger against you yes. and prospers. Yes. Any tongue yes. that rises against you in judgment, you will condemn. Yes. So we are coming up with ways of condemning yes. tongues. Yes. Don't tell me that your life will continue happening the same way it was happening before, yet you are hearing what you never heard before. Is this the way preachers preach? Is this the way teachers teach? Come on! This goes to show that the destination is now different. The future you is a different guy that we're talking about. There is a part of you that is hearing what I'm saying. I'm preaching to you according to your design in the future. Bring out the best out of you. No weapon fashioned against me shall prosper. This is your portion. This is your portion. This is your inheritance. I pray for you that the blessings of God will continue manifesting. He will cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord will grant you peace. He will bless you going out. He will bless you coming in. Anything that is said that is done against you, against your children, against your loved ones is hereby condemned. I pray that you stand in the integrity of God and in his power and in his might. Be strong. Now you know why the devil has been chasing you away because you are mightier than him. There's much that you can now do with this strength within you. 
And by this anointing and this grace placed upon me by God, I release you into your destiny. And whatever was trying to stop you is stopped in Jesus' name. May the grace of the Almighty God be multiplied. May you be increased towards every direction. Whatever you touch from today will flourish. There shall be perfection in your assignment. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Shout, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. One more time, shout, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Until we meet again, you are blessed, child of God. Go ahead, send your seed. The grace is available to make sure that your blessing is activated. Take this time, send your seed. You are doing yourself a favor. Okay? It is not the finances of the ministry that you are addressing. It's your own personal finances. As you forgive. As you pray for others. It is your captivity that God is going to turn. So go ahead, find a special seed today. Make sure it is what? Special. Make sure it is what? Special. I want to, I want to hear everyone here. Make sure it is what? Special. Let's hear those that are watching. Wherever you are, you make sure that your seed is what? Special. Make sure it is a special seed. And God is going to bring you to that place that you've always desired. Why? You have qualified that harvest for you. You have qualified yourself for that destiny. You have qualified the destiny for you. Child of God, you are blessed. Until we meet again, let's all shout shalom. Shalom. Bless you. Bless you. There is nothing I